Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church, and Growing in Grace Ministries Canada. I'm Pastor Michael Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to still be growing in grace. Welcome to this week's episode of Still Growing in Grace. The last couple of weeks, we've been dealing with a very, very important topic that almost every single one of us has to deal with, and that is the topic of forgiveness. This particular series is called Healing Life's Hurts Through Understanding Forgiveness. There are so many things we need to unpack about what forgiveness is, uh, misconceptions of what it is, definitions of what it is, uh, how to forgive, things that hinder us from forgiving. Uh, Right now, we're dealing with uh, part two of what forgiveness is not. I think we need to get it right. I think we need to figure out what it isn't. Uh, And again, if there are um, walls that are up in front of us, that have communicated a false or incomplete understanding of what forgiveness is, we need to dismantle those or deconstruct those so that we can find a better and more hope-filled and truthful way to deal and understand understanding what forgiveness is. Last week, we dealt with a great topic uh, of what forgiveness is not. And let me just give you a really quick recap because uh, it's a quick summary. You'll have to go back and listen to it online. Uh, Go to growingingrace.ca for the podcast download or the video links uh, to re-listen to what you've just heard or what was on last week. I think this, this particular part of the series is probably the most important and the most critically important detailed um, content of this topic. It has affected my life the most. Again, I'm not teaching these things just as as a teacher or anything like that. I'm teaching these things because I personally have learned so much about this topic. I've had to wrestle through with my own stuff over the years. So this is not just off the cuff. It's not from a book. Yes, I've researched from books and I've listened to and heard many messages and series on this particular topic. And I'm able to share with you my lens of what I have come to understand about what I see forgiveness to be. And unfortunately, I was told a bunch of I would say untruths, or if you want to get harsh, I've been told lies about what forgiveness is. And when I discovered it is not at all what I thought it was, it was then that I found freedom. Last week, here's what we covered. Forgiveness is not minimizing the hurt. Forgiveness is not the absence of pains or hurts, as in the pain or feelings of betrayal may not go away. Forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not time. Forgiveness is not forgetting. That was a big one. And we ended with forgiveness is not a feeling. It's not just something you feel. And we're going to keep going through today with number eight. Uh, the, uh, The idea is forgiveness is not justifying, excusing, or explaining away the offense. Now, 
as we kind of walk through these uh, very serious uh, definitions of what it isn't, I want to give you a, a practical picture. The other day I was talking to somebody else or in a, on another broadcast, and I realized that illustration works right here for what we're talking about regarding the topic of forgiveness. Um, I learned typing in high school, so I had to learn to have my fingers on certain keys, and and I typed away. I could look over at uh, a book, and I could type, because that's how they taught you. First, you learn how to, where's the A, where's the B? They get you through the whole alphabet. Then they get you to practice um, typing without looking at your fingers. You look over at what you're typing because your fingers should know where the keys are. So again, our tests were easy. I put my fingers where they're supposed to be. I look at the paper, I type what it is. And back then they timed you with how fast you could go too. Not that you'd lose marks for going slow. They were trying to find speed and accuracy together, which is kind of a cool thing. So here's what's happened several times. And I've done that over the years, I go to my keyboard and I put my fingers on and start typing. I'm trying to write a note to myself and I look back and it's all goobly mess. It's like blah, 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 whatever. It's, it's like the wrong letters. Now, listen, I was only off by one key as in my fingers were supposed to be on the F and J and then off to the side. But somehow I'd shifted them the wrong way. So I was on the G and K. So my, my, my index fingers. So when you start with G and, and K, nothing you type will make any sense. It's just off. I'm typing the right words. I'm typing the right intent. I mean to type the right stuff. But it comes out wrong because I began incorrectly. And I think that's what's happened in our uh, journey of grace, as we grow in grace, uh, there isn't an arrival, there isn't a cookie cutter way to grow, um, but there is a way to be off because your foundations were wrong. And if you were told things from growing up that uh, uh, you thought to be true, and now it's being challenged, it can be really, really hard to unlearn what you always have been told is true. This is difficult, but it takes admission. It needs to take trust and realize, hey, Heavenly Father, am, what am I wrong about here? Where have I messed up? Is there something I'm not seeing correctly? Is there a doctrine or a teaching that I've been told and I just bought it hook, line, and sinker because my pastor told me to agree with it? My Bible college told me to agree with it. I heard all these stories in Sunday school and every single part of my life I was told that is the meaning of these topics because it's been consistently taught and we never challenge it. We never question it. Oh, and when you get older and you start to question things like that, you get in a lot of trouble and get labeled as a rebellious, um, non-submissive. You won't submit to leaders and all that stuff because you question things. I think questioning is important. And I don't think real truth is afraid of questions ever. And I think the scriptures are strong enough to stand up to scrutiny, which it has for years and centuries and millennia. It's, it, this, is, this is way too big of a topic. You don't have to defend the scriptures for God. He doesn't need any help. Instead, you and I need to have an open hand, open heart to remain teachable, 
to see what the Holy Spirit will teach us as we study the scriptures again. We may see things we never thought were there. We may have a new lens for the same couple of verses we have read our entire lives, and suddenly the Holy Spirit's going to wake you up, give you an insight or a lens that you never saw before, and you see those scriptures and go, oh my goodness, I have read this in my entire life. I've never seen it like that. It makes so much more sense. (laughs) That's what I believe this part of the series is about. I believe as we unpack what forgiveness is not, it will lead to a freedom of what forgiveness is. All right, back to number eight. Forgiveness is not justifying, excusing, or explaining away the offense. You cannot say, oh, it's it's no big deal. I just need to move on. Or we use excuses like um, they were not feeling well, so that's why they did that. And it's like an excusing, uh, giving it a reason, um, not holding them accountable is really what's going on here, but you're writing it off. And so in your mind, You think forgiveness can be just by saying, well, they never meant it. They weren't feeling well. They were under stress. I must have misunderstood them. They weren't really a believer. Therefore, you know, I can't hold them accountable. Again, excuses, excuses, excuses. Stop explaining those things away. Um, You can say, oh, they had a terrible upbringing. That explains why they did that. It doesn't matter what the reasons are why they did it. They did it. You were hurt. It requires forgiveness. Explaining it or excusing it is not equal to forgiveness. Forgiveness is an act. It happens at one time, a moment between you and your Heavenly Father. I forgive them. The, what it looks like afterwards, the process, which we're going to talk about after this part of the series is done, is so important. You cannot underestimate that. Uh, You can't say, oh, they had difficult circumstances. Oh, you know what? I wasn't hurt that badly if I think about it. That is so unfair. It is so unfair to you, unfair to them to hold them accountable by just excusing and rationalizing away these types of comments. We are really minimizing their responsibility when we do that. Don't do that. Don't make light of it. This is way too important. In Romans 2, 14 to 15, it says, Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts, for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they're doing right. No one is without excuse. Don't mistake in this. This is really important. Please listen to this. Compassion and forgiveness. Don't mistake in compassion for forgiveness. You can still be compassionate, but that does not do the same thing as forgiving the act. Compassionate shows you have a great heart and you see and identify they may have had a rough past. They may have had terrible circumstances. That's called compassion. But don't equal that or equate it with forgiveness and your responsibility and need to forgive. You can say, you know what? I understand why you did that. I understand why you did it, but it was still wrong. You still call it out. Don't minimize real pain. 
If I am able to minimize the abuse that was done, then it minimizes the amount of hurt that I bear. This is just an escape tool. If you can minimize it, then you don't have to face as much. It, it's like this game we play in our heads uh, of escaping truth, escaping pain. And some people run to different coping mechanisms to avoid the pain of those hurts. If I'm able to excuse the behavior, then what they did to me doesn't appear to be as bad as it was. That's a mindset people have. And it's about almost like being nice, which has nothing to do with forgiveness or holding people accountable. Honestly, being nice about this, that isn't the issue. You need to be kind when you confront. You can be firm when you confront, but don't run from the responsibility of dealing with forgiveness. First of all, not about the confrontation. I'm going to deal with that in a few minutes or next show, however it works. But we deal with it between our Heavenly Father and us first. You cannot deal with uh, the confrontation until you've dealt with your issue between you and your Heavenly Father and forgive them from your heart. We are made in the image of God. We were never meant to be abused at the hands of another. The truth is... The offender knew better and still chose to hurt. Now, I can hear somebody object right away, but they didn't know better. There was a millisecond, there was a time when they did. And even if they didn't, that's fine. Don't hold me to this. This is a broad picture, uh, a broad stroke right now, because I cannot fit this into every single circumstance. The point is, don't excuse it. Don't justify it away with excuses. When we come back to the second half of today's program, we're going to dig into some more. This is just number eight, and I believe there are 17 or 18 things of what forgiveness is not. So stay tuned, listen to our awesome sponsors, and we'll be right back. Thank you for watching and listening. Family run, family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener, and you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars in Guelph is not your typical used car lot. Customers who shop there get the insider treatment, especially when buying from the insider man, Rod Sider. Rod will help you select a late model car, truck, van, or SUV from their large selection of vehicles, and he'll work with your budget. Call the insider man at 519-836-2900, extension 287, or visit Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars at the corner of Whitelaw Road and Highway 24, Guelph, and ask for the insider man. Welcome back to the second half of Still Growing in Grace. Today's episode, we're dealing with part two of what forgiveness is not, and we're dealing with number eight about not justifying or excusing. Let me just continue in this. We're not, we don't have much more to go on this part, and then we'll get to some other uh, topics here. When you and I realize that, and, an only, and only then will we be able to own the pain, when we own that the pain hurt us, then it'll lead us to release it through the crisis or event of forgiveness. And this is a crisis. Forgiveness is a crisis. It's an event. It's a moment in time. If we stop excusing, then we come to the place of owning it. We're saying and admitting, it did hurt my soul. Sometimes people don't want to admit it. 
it's easier to not admit it because we don't want to go through the journey of confronting and calling it out and admitting it hurts because that leads to a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, guess what? There's a cost to forgiveness. Forgiveness is not free. It isn't free. There's a cost to Jesus when he forgave us. There's a cost to you and I when we forgive someone else. We're the ones paying a price. It's an emotional price usually. Lewis Smedes writes this about forgiveness. Recall the pain of being wronged. Recall the hurt of being stung, cheated, and demeaned. Doesn't the memory of that fuel the fire of fury again and reheat the pain again and make it hurt again? Suppose you never forgive. Suppose you feel that hurt each time your memory lights on the people who did you wrong. And suppose you have a compulsion to think of it constantly. You will have become a prisoner of your past pain. You will be locked in the torture chamber of your own making. Time should have left your pain behind, but you kept it alive to let it flog you over and over and over. Your memory is the replay of the hurt, a videotape within your soul that plays unending reruns of your old rendezvous with pain, and you cannot switch it off. You are hooked into it like a pain junkie. You become addicted to your remembrance of the past pain, and you are lashed each time your memory spins the tape. And I would ask, is this fair to yourself? This wretched justice of not forgiving? You could not be more unfair to yourself. The only way to heal the pain that will not heal itself is to forgive the person that hurt you. Forgiving will stop the reruns. Forgiving will heal your memories and change your memory's vision. When you release the wrongdoer from the wrong, you will cut a malignant malignant tumor out of your life. You will set a prisoner free. What you will discover is that the prisoner was yourself. Forgiving is the tough. Excusing is easy. Let me read that again. Forgiving is tough. Excusing is easy. What a mistake it is to confuse forgiveness with being mushy, soft, gutless, and oh-so-understanding. <laughs> wow, that is a very powerful uh, quote from Lewis Smedes. Now, he says uh, in the quote, forgiveness will stop the reruns, forgiveness will heal your, heal your memories, but I got to warn you, it's not instant It's a process. Yes, there's healing that comes. And yes, the pain associated with the offense, the pain will lessen. The memory may never go away, but all the bitterness associated will diminish over time. Again, it's time. Time doesn't deal with forgiveness. Forgiveness takes time. It's the other way around. Let's not mix those up because way too important. When you and I excuse the behavior of what we are really what we're really doing is trying to protect ourselves from admitting the pain that we bear. We cannot do that. If you do, you will be locked in the bondage of unforgiveness because the sense of violation is still going to be there. The only way to do this is to own the pain. 
in all the reality, really, of what was there. And then once you own it, only then you can give it away. The only way to do this is own the pain and all of the reality of it. All aspects, all sides. Don't diminish little sections of pain and say, well, I'll handle this big pain, but all the other stuff, or whatever. No, 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 no. The whole package. This is not easy. This takes time. If forgiveness is this powerful of a freeing force, then the evil one will do all he can to keep people in the bondage of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is not what you've been created for. You've been created as a forgiver, but you may not be aware of that. You may have forgotten or you never knew. John 8.31, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. By the way, who is the truth, the way, and the life? It's a person. The truth of a, of a, of a circumstance is not what he's talking about. He is the truth. He sets you free. Jesus sets us free. People use the line, the truth will set you free, as if the revelation of what really happened will be enlightening and free everybody. That's not it at all. Jesus, being the truth, is the one who sets us free from bondage in our minds. Oh, it's so much better than what we've been told. Here's a quote I read. Today, I decided to forgive you, not because you apologized or because you acknowledged the pain that you caused me, but because my soul deserves peace. <laughs> that is a really, really powerful, powerful quote. Let's deal with another one. This is a big topic. This topic of forgiveness Again, if you weren't here in the beginning of the series or you're just tuning in new and starting to watch now or partway through, we're not dealing with uh, really light, light types of forgiveness, if I may. If I can be, if you could please read between the lines here. I'm not talking about, oh, I bumped into you. Sorry, I spilled your coffee. Forgive me. We're not talking about that. We're dealing with really serious, serious hurts. Um, betrayals, abandonment, uh, divorce, violation, you name it, hurt uh, that is so deep. Again, my story, being sexually abused by a Roman Catholic priest for three years. My mother, who was a very, very angry woman who beat me harshly. She, she was one of the most harsh people I, I knew growing up. If you remember back a couple of weeks, I shared my story there. These are the kinds of hurts we're talking about. Being betrayed, violated, things like that. Um, Dr. Leaf, if you remember her video way back, mentioned we wake up expecting to forgive everyday things. This is the goal for how we are to live each day. We are to now wake up with a new expectation. If we can harness an understanding of what forgiveness is and how powerful it is, maybe we can wake up with an expectation. Who am I going to forgive today? Who should, who, is there somebody I'm going to bump into today that I need to forgive? Am I going to be on the road and somebody's going to cut me off and, and I'm going to need to forgive them? Maybe I'll plan in advance. So the next person that I run across that, that offends me, I will forgive. 
What a culture we live in. The culture we live in right now is so full of offense. Really? Offense? I, I, for one, it's very political. I think we need to ditch this whole offense stuff. I'm so offended mentality. It has got to go. What do you mean by you're offended? That means you're elite. When we say I'm offended, that's really saying, hey, ding, 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 ding. Wake up, everybody. everybody. I want my way. Therefore, I'm using the trump card of I'm offended. This is not the heart of a Christian, a true believer of Jesus Christ. We are not to be offended so easily. It's us who needs to learn to not be as offended. We've given up every right, so we have no right to be offended. We have the right to forgive. We have the right to set other people free because often the offenses that come our way are a result of somebody else's darkness and pain and hurt. Imagine us setting someone else free that's in the cycle and bondage of unforgiveness and, and just reacting to everything around them. And they meet somebody who does not respond or react the way everyone else is, and they meet you. And you treat them with the love of Christ. And they don't know how to handle it. In fact, they might even lash out even more. But one day, they will come to hear and see the witness of God's grace in your story. This series focuses on confronting the false understanding. And then we'll focus on the better, uh, more hope-filled uh, perspective. You and I are made in the image of God. We're never meant to be abused at the hands of another. The truth is, the offender knew and chose. Chose better. That's what I've said, but again, there are times the offender does not know better. They may be in such a dark, blind place that they're acting out of their darkness and may not be fully aware of the hurts they're doing. So both can be true. Some know what they're doing. Some may not. So more grace is required. When we come back next week, we're going to continue on what Forgiveness is not and un or dis, dismantle some of the mess of what we thought forgiveness was. I hope you'll join us next week. Thanks for watching and listening. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. Looking for a real estate agent that will put your needs before his? Terry Van Lenth is just that agent. Caring and honest are just two of Terry's best qualities, and they shine through in his real estate career. As a longtime resident of Waterloo Region, Terry is well acquainted with the area and its multitude of attractive amenities. For an agent that cares, call Terry Van Lenth at Coldwell Banker Peter Benninger Realty, 519-742-5800, extension 2060. You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker. Join me next Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. You can also watch these messages on YouTube or download our podcast at growingingrace.ca. Do you live locally? Visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. 
Thank you again for tuning into Still Growing in Grace.